This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 555, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, February the 21st. Welcome to the Commerce Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 555, where we take a look at some of the releases from the week of Wednesday, February the 21st. Uh, not a lot of books that I had a chance to read this week, but I'm actually recording this on the 23rd, finally getting ahead of the schedule, so um, that's okay. I, I've had a chance to read a few books, and uh, there are some good ones, so we'll chat about them in just a second. Some of the books I will not be chatting about this week, though, include some of the following releases, Aquaman, Astonishing X-Men, uh, Avengers. I'm, I'm falling behind. It's a weekly book, and I just haven't been able to follow uh, to get uh, caught up. Uh, Batman Sins of the Father, that's issue number two. Black Panther Annual. Uh, Deadpool vs. Old Man Logan, I think it's the end of that a series. New issues of Incredible Hulk, Green Lanterns, Justice League, Monsters Unleashed, Star Wars Dr. Afra, Super Sun, Superman, Tales of Suspense, The Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman number one, uh, Trinity, Venom, and X-Men Gold. Uh, so what am I we're talking about today? Well, first we're going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man. This is episode... episode. This is issue 796. Um, as we get closer and closer to Dan Slott being uh, done his run on Spider-Man. Um, I was not a huge fan of this issue. So this is uh, Threat Level Red, Part 3, Higher Priorities, uh, written by Dan, Dan Slott, Christos Gage, uh, with artwork by Mike Hawthorne. Um, from a writing standpoint, I mean, it was okay at times, but I found, in general, I, I, I didn't feel like I really bought into the menace of the story. It felt very kind of like haphazard. Um, I mean, in some ways, it felt like very kind of old school, you know, 80s Spider-Man, you know, just kind of things happening. But I don't know if it really felt like it had enough of a reason. Like, the, you know, the Goblin Knight just kind of shows up and does his thing. You have, you know, Flash kind of running around being this kind of super superhero ever since uh, the end of uh, Venom Inc. And, uh, you know, apparently able to reattach someone's severed arm and fix that. Like, I think they went a little far with that. Um, but the thing that really bugged me more was that, I mean, at times I kind of liked the cuteness of, you know, Peter being at this event to cover it for the vehicle, and he's there with one of his employees, uh, or one of the people on his team, and he's like, you know, talking about how, that, you know, the last time it was Bobby helped him get them in, it's like, oh no, we broke up. It's like, anyway, the Alchemax CEO is an old high school friend, and she's like, dude, do you know everyone? And then you have MJ show up, and it's, and this woman's like, how do you know her? And it's like, we used to date. And it's like, who are you? Um, I, I kind of like, it's a little cute, you know, to kind of put the finger on it like that, then, you know, everyone in his, um, in his kind of circle, social circle, has definitely become something, either superhero, supervillain, or CEO of a company, apparently. I still don't buy everything that they did with MJ, and a lot of it felt too soon. They kind of shoving her out of the book and making her into a character that she wasn't. And then bringing her back here felt very weird. Uh, it didn't feel really... Um, Organic at all. It felt very out of left field. It didn't feel like earned at all, considering the lot, you know, the last times we saw MJ in Spider-Man's kind of periphery. And so this just didn't feel right. It didn't feel accurate to her portrayal. Uh, previously, it felt like kind of rushing to put things back together, or at least put things in a way before Dan Slott was kind of around. And I guess to be fair, MJ is really no place to go because once Bendis is done with Iron Man, like I don't know if they're gonna pick up on anything that Bendis was doing, or just kind of have MJ go back. Back into the Spider-Man orbit, which is essentially what this issue allows Slot and Crystal Gage to do. I just didn't. I didn't buy into it. Uh, her so quickly, kind of falling into old patterns. I didn't really buy that either because it just felt very out of left field. It wasn't like they were starting to kind of be friends again, and then you know she kind of allowed herself to you know do something like you know 
know, trying to cover for him. Like, it just it felt very unearned, um, kind of slapdash. And the art by Hawthorne did not impress me at all. I found, um, again, it was very kind of rote, and uh, at times the details weren't very good, or not... Not that they weren't good. I just, I did not, wasn't finding myself impressed by them. I wasn't, you know, like, I just found that the, the artwork was just kind of there. Um, it doesn't help that you've had an amazing artist like him in on previous issues, but you don't always need to be, like, you know, the best artist. If you tell, a, you know, a core, a good story visually that's riveting, that's all you need. And, like, Giuseppe Cameron Coley, I love his artwork. Um, I would never say he was, like, the best Spider-Man artist ever, but he had such a good style that I really liked and it kind of reminded me of kind of a classic kind of Ramita slash um, Ditko kind of a feel. I don't know if a lot of people would agree with that, but that's always how I felt about it. So, I personally, I didn't really like this all that much. I'm going to give it a, a 5 out of 10. Um, you know, it wasn't like bad, but I just found it wasn't necessarily that great either. I, and I was not engaged, uh, which I think is always kind of the cardinal sin of a comic. I almost would rather hate it um, than just feel kind of bored by it. Uh, next up is Batman 41. Uh, this I really enjoyed. Um, kind of, it came, it, it's not that it came down in a left field. It just felt, kind of felt like, bam, like the here's this. Here's another uh, great uh, Tom King Batman issue, and uh, you know it's it is exactly what we'd expect it to be. It's great as always. Um, so this is a really intriguing uh, Poison Ivy story, which again I didn't really see it coming like this. Like it it, it was creepy. It was affecting. Um, the storyline is called Everyone Loves Ivy. It's part one, obviously. Mikhail Yannon on art and cover, which absolutely beautiful, gorgeous art. Uh, Tom King's script is, is it's haunting. Actually, individuals are haunting, too. Just this idea that Poison Ivy has been able to do something that she's never been able to do before and taking control of everyone. Uh, how Bruce is able to figure out what's going on and how he's able to use an antidote against it. And... Uh, it's you know it's it's a stunning issue. Uh, first of all, uh, Yenon does absolutely gorgeous art. It's it's visually arresting and captivating. Uh, Tom King's script is so pitch perfect. Like I just don't know how he does it. Like he's so good. Um, every like almost every issue that Tom King writes is just it's just lyrical. Like there's just something magic. He's he's a magician. Um, I'm gonna give him this issue a nine. Like he's he's I. He more often than not, Tom King just is absolutely phenomenal, and he's had this amazing luck of being paired with some of the best illustrators, um, not just artists, but like illustrators of being able to tell true stories uh, through the art, but then channel such an amazing script that he's been able to put together. It's absolutely amazing. Next up, we have Daredevil. This issue five ninety nine by Charles Sewell and Ron Gurney. As we uh, near, uh, I guess, kind of the end. Um, uh, I, th- I don't know if Sewell is actually ending or leaving, but it, it definitely feels like a big crescendo as we get closer to this kind of artificial Daredevil 600. Um, so, I, but I'm I'm all in. I mean, this is the art by Garney is fantastic. Um, I love these. It's it's dark. It's moody. Um, you, Sewell is really. First of all, like there's just so many elements going on here with Muse's return, with Blindspot wanting to find Muse, with everything that Fisk is doing and how Matt's kind of playing with that. The I and I gotta say, like it's not often where I I find uh, if I can find a legitimate surprise or in a comic like these days, like that 
there's nothing more valuable to me. Like when you've been reading comics for a long time, like, and I, I'm a relative newbie to some because I've only been reading comics for like 23 years or whatever. There's people who've been reading it a lot longer. So the idea that you know after you know 23 years, 30 years, whoever, however might it much be for some people, for me it's 23 or so. Uh, the fact that I can still read a comic and find legitimate surprise and go whoa, like I didn't see that coming, or like whoa, like. Just the feeling of whoa, apparently, is really what I'm looking for. And I got this here in this issue because um, when you have, you know, Blindspot trying to kind of make a, a stand and being like, okay, Muse, come and get me. And then at the end, bottom of the page, you just have Muse is there and it says, all right. And you just have uh, Blindspot go, ah. And then, bam, the next shot, the next page is just Muse throwing Blindspot off a building. Like, holy fuck. Like, Blindspot's fine. I'm not upset. It, about you know that cliffhanger kind of being used as a way of of uh, again making you want to see what comes next. That's fine. Like I, I, I won't feel used by it. It was it was definitely a, a, an amazing moment. Now when he falls off, like is he falling off that building or is he being pushed onto like another rooftop? It's not. It's unclear, and I'm okay with that ambiguity because I don't need it to be. I mean. It's just, as a moment, it's still creepy as fuck. Like, even if he's just been knocked on another rooftop, that's fine. Because it's still the idea of, like, you know, come and get me. And then, bam, the guy's already there behind you. Like, that's some creepy shit. Um, Sewell did an amazing job with the script. Um, again, I like a, um, being surprised. And Garney's art really hammers that through. I, it was so good. And then that last page was cool, too, because Daryl was like, here's how we're going to take down the kingpin. So it's interesting because there's so much going on. You have the music storyline which is already enough on its own then you have everything that uh, Fisk is doing and then you also have the heroes kind of trying to figure out a way to take down Fisk uh, I'm really excited for Daredevil 600 and uh, I'm going to give this a, a 9 out of 10 it was just fantastic uh, next up is uh, Infinity Countdown Prime really liked it I don't know if I liked it more than the first Infinity Countdown issue we got or whatever that was with um, or was it Infinity uh, countdown Adam Warlock. I can't even remember the name of it, but that was so good. Really entertaining and interesting um, and different because he had Alred on art. I really liked it. Uh, this is a little bit more traditional in terms of artwork because um, you, you know you have art by Mike Diodato Jr. And again, as you can imagine, it's a it's a very different sensibility. Um, that being said, I thought this did a great job of setting up. A uh, sense of you know, uh, big shit is going down. It's a kind of a nice surprise that Magus gets kind of taken out earlier than one would expect, and is uh, t- taken out instead by um, by Hank Pym, otherwise known as the current version of Ultron. Uh, although him getting the uh, Soul Gem is actually kind of crazy, what how that affects him, and I'm excited to see where that goes and how it develops that character because I've haven't been super happy with what they did with Hank Pym, so I'm excited to see what him being in the Soul Gem might mean. I'm really excited for Infinity Countdown. I'm. Uh, uh, here it is. Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock was really good, and Infinity Countdown Prime was also, which is this issue, was fantastic. So I'm really excited to see what we get next. Uh, in March, we just have one issue of Infinity Countdown. In April, we have another issue, issue number two. Uh, in May, there's Countdown number three, as well as uh, three different books, starting Captain Marvel, Daredevil, and Darkhawk. And then the next month, you have what Black Widow and Champions, plus two more issues of Darkhawk, 
So there's a lot of good stuff on the horizon. And then I like that here is they got the Saga of the Infinity Stones as well, which is a great kind of primer or primer, um, kind of bringing you up to speed and kind of explaining how with the new ninth iteration of reality, things have changed and that the stones aren't really gems anymore. They're more actual stones. They've been reformed and they're different than before, or sometimes larger than before. And, uh, every, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they got break, get brought back all together. I thought this was very entertaining. The artwork was great. Uh, the story, you know, Obviously, the storyline's kind of pushing a lot of pieces together, but I thought it was organic enough that uh, it made me excited to see where this might go. And it's interesting to see who has which gems, and I really want to see more. And I'm excited for the one-shots, or not the one-shots, in some cases one-shots, but generally the miniseries to kind of explore, I guess, some of these characters and how they have the gems. I'm, I'm imagining that's how it's going to work. Like the Daredevil one must be about Turk because we saw Turk have the gem here, which is crazy, and I really want to see more about that. Uh, so I really enjoyed this. This is Nate. And next up is, uh, or last I should say, is uh, Nightwing 39, which I actually really thought was quite interesting as well, um, which is a nice little flashback tale, which I really dug. But uh, this is The Untouchable, Chapter 5, Face Off. Um, the ending is... It's really well-paced, it's thrilling, and uh, it's a great kind of cliffhanger, so I really like that. It's written by Sam Humphreys. The flashback pencils are done by Phil Yemenez, and oh my god, it's amazing. Like, um, it feels like he captures that kind of George Perezian uh, kind of early years of Dick Grayson before he's Nightwing proper. Um, phenomenal. Um, really enjoying the character of the judge. I like the callbacks to earlier when he's studying and you have some things about he's learning about Bloodhaven and it actually ends up mattering to later. I thought that was something I didn't actually expect. Um, this was this was actually a pretty good week for of the five comics I read. The one I was least impressed with is Amazing Spider-Man. And the, uh, the two I loved the most were Batman and Daredevil. But then you also had some fantastic work by Infinity Countdown, Prime, and Nightwing, which, in fact, now that I think about it, I'm going to elevate both of them to an 8.5 because they were really good. Uh, not quite at the, the 9 level that I'm putting this Batman and Daredevil at, but uh, very good. And so what a, what a, what a week. Um, so glad I had a chance to kind of sit down earlier and, and than normal and, and kind of uh, hunker through some of these issues. Was, they were really entertaining. Um, so talking about, uh, on our next episode, uh, we'll be talking about books that came out uh, February 28th, and so some of those releases that come out next week include Action Comics, Batgirl, Batman Beyond, Blue Beetle, Detective Comics, that's all some good stuff right there, uh, Flash, How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps, which I'm really enjoying with the current, sto- current storyline, so that's really exciting. Uh, there's the Jack Kirby Hunter Celebration Collection trade paperback, uh, Jack of Fables Deluxe Hardcover Book 2, uh, so we've got Justice League Trade Paperback Volume 5 Legacy Rebirth. Uh, let's see what else we got. Suicide Squad, uh, Superman, The Many Worlds of Krypton. I would actually look to see exactly what that collects. Uh, the resolicited Terrifics comes out. New issue of Wonder Woman comes out. you got DuckTales number 6. we got the Donald, Duck, Donald Duck Nest of the Demon Birds Trade Paperback coming out. We've got the Metal Gear Solid Omnibus uh, Trade Paperback new printing. i got the 16th issue of Optimus Prime coming out. Uh, let's see from Image, you got Beef number one. Uh, I'm not even sure what that is, but it sounds cool. Saga number 49. I am oh, so far behind on that. I feel like I'm like 30 issues behind. One of these days, I do want to get caught up on Saga. Uh, from Marvel, we're going to have new issues of Only Wolverine, America, obviously Avengers, because it comes out every week. We've got the Avengers Academy Trade Paperback Complete Collection. Oh, man, that's so tempting. Uh, I really like that book. New issues of Black Panther. Got Captain America trade paperback called Adventures of Captain America. Uh, We've got Despicable Deadpool, Champions, Gwenpool, uh, which has been really entertaining. Uh, Legion number two, Lockjaw. I didn't even know Lockjaw was getting into the book. New Mutants, Epic Collection, trade paperback, uh, Curse of the Valkyries. 
Uh, let's see, we got the Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man number 300. Really excited about that. Uh, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Star Wars, Darth Vader, Star Wars, Jedi of the Republic, Mace Windu, trade paperback. Uh, we got the uh, Uncanny Avengers, Unity, trade paperback, volume 5, Stars and Garters. I believe that's by Jim Zub. Uh, we got Unstoppable Wasp, trade paperback, volume 2. That was such a fun book. Uh, Weapon X, trade paperback, volume 2, Hunt for Weapon H. And we got X-Men Blue 22 as well as the second printing of the X-Men Blue Annual. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming up uh, next week, as well as uh, Bet- Betty and Veronica Vixens is coming out as well. So that's uh, that's definitely some really good stuff. So uh, we'll be talking about some of those books next week on our reviews episode. And, um, yeah, and I guess episode 556, haven't decided yet. It's either going to be my conversation with Brian Cronin or uh, by the, uh, the original editor of the Marvel Vision uh, magazine in the late 90s, which I'm really excited about. So uh, I'm not sure which one it's going to be yet but uh you can look forward to that on the next episode uh that'll be episode 556 558 will either be whichever one doesn't air already uh or a conversation with cal dodd depending on uh which one uh, ends up kind of uh, slotting in better because uh, i'm also going to be going on vacation soon so i have to figure out which one's going to come out when i'm on vacation as well thank you for uh, listening to this episode you can email me at comic shenanigans at gmail.com like the show on facebook rate and review us on itunes subscribe to us on itunes and also listen to us on stitcher thanks again we'll catch you next time Bye bye